Music from D.C. and Baltimore You'll find it all here on Corridor Waltzes or cut time or straight for four You'll find it all here on Corridor Hi everybody and welcome back Thanks for tuning in to the Corridor cast This week's guest is The Ward And they've been very patient with me I sat down with Keith and John like about a month ago now and I'm finally getting this up. We cover some good stuff like John starting playing in bands later in life. Um, it's kind of different. Most people think it's a young man's game, but he kind of shows that it's never too late to start. And there's also a really beautiful story from Keeve about how when he went to see his son play a show at the auto bar, he was able to point up at one of the old posters on the wall. And that was Keeve's old band. And, uh, I don't know. That was really touching to me. Um, just it's, it's a beautiful thing to see fathers passing on a love for their music to their kids. Um, I know for me, my dad was pretty influential in my music taste. He was into a lot of like hippie stuff. He also got into some otter music. He's real into Frank Zappa. My dad would actually sing me Frank Zappa's Let's Make the Water Turn Black as something like a lullaby. And, uh, that always stuck with me. Definitely an interesting song to listen to when you're a kid with a very active imagination. Other than that, I want to take a quick minute to do some thank yous. I got a message from Jamie who was listening to the podcast where I was talking about friend of the show Hobbs the cat's odd behavior and uh, just thanks for the heads up on things I should watch for. I'll give you guys cat updates if necessary. Also, thanks to Joe Giordano for starting Podmore. Uh, Podmore is a Facebook group for Baltimore podcasts. And that was really cool to do because I was thinking to myself not long ago, if there was a community around this thing, uh, I'd like there to be. And then he went ahead and did that. So thanks so much, Joe. So I'm going to play the word song for you. I can't hear you. Um, I just love what they did with this, with the uh, automatic, vo- with the automatic reading as the vocals it uh it's wonderfully lovely and creepy in a way and uh and i know you're gonna like it and if you do like it check these guys out you can find them on facebook you have to type in at ward band and then ward again so ward band ward and you'll find them on facebook at the ward b more on twitter if you want to get the recordings they put out that include i can't hear you they're up on Bandcamp at the ward one that's the numeral one all right, I hope you enjoyed this conversation because we had a good time recording it. See you next time. Hello, Baltimore. We are a rock and roll band called Award. This rock and roll ensemble consists of guitarist Keith Natchman, bass player John McGrady, and drummer Aaron Henkin. Pretty awesome dudes. Are you ready to fucking rock and roll tonight?
Are you ready to fucking rock and roll tonight? I can't hear you. Are you ready to fucking rock and roll tonight? This rock and roll band will simply not perform until you make a sufficient amount of noise. to have your faces melted off by some high quality music because that's exactly what's about to fucking happen right now. I'm here with the ward. We have uh, John and Keeve. How are you guys doing? Wonderful. Great. Thanks. Great. Uh, just so people recognize your voices, can you just say what you play and your name real quick? Certainly. So I'm John McGrady and I play bass mostly and sometimes guitar for the ward. Hi, I'm Keeve Knackman. I play guitar mostly, but sometimes bass and sometimes drums. Okay. So you guys shift instruments. That's we interesting. Do. Keeve um, and Aaron won't let me touch the drums yet, but I'm working on them. You know, I hope to, hope to uh, be a trilogy master like the other two, but... You wear them down. Now, I I don't know much about you guys, to be honest, and uh, I tried to do a little bit of research, but uh, so why don't we just start at the beginning? How did you guys meet up? How did you become a band? So, uh, Keith and I have been friends for a long time, actually about uh, probably over 15 years now, and uh, sort of the impetus of our friendship was we met through my spouse, who was working with Keith at the time, and he came over to a, a house party at my place, and he looked at my record collection and was like, I like these records, which has not happened all that often in my adult life. So, you know, it was, uh, and anyway, so we, we, we started going to shows together. We started training music tips and that sort of thing. 
And I don't know, it was probably eight years ago or something like that. That uh, and we, Keith was a went with me to buy my first guitar. So uh, really, uh, actually, not my first guitar, but like you, I had spent some time playing and taking a lot of time off. So to get re into it, Keith went with me to, and we bought a guitar, and he had shown me some stuff on it and whatnot. And uh, at one point, Keith was involved in forming sort of a quartet, if you will. And they needed a bass player. And I'd never played bass before, but Keeve asked me to play bass. And I figured it would be a good learning experience. So we started playing together with this previous group. And that didn't work out after a couple of years. It was a lot of fun, but it didn't go anywhere. And we had just been saying to each other, we really need to get this off the ground again. And Aaron, the drummer, was, ironically, this doesn't happen too often in rock, I guess, but he is a parent at my kid's school. And I knew him casually through that. And I had seen pictures of him on social media playing drums. And so I just approached him and said, hey, you know, should be interested in hanging out with us and seeing what happens. And he was already in another band. So he had a practice space and we were able to get in right away and start doing stuff. So that was about three years ago. It was. And I think the most interesting thing about that is Aaron is, is kind of known for his work on WYPR and a couple of different radio shows. And when I met Aaron that day, when John had arranged for us to play, Aaron had just recorded an episode of his show, The Signal, and he had interviewed Bill Ward, who played drums for Black Sabbath. Oh, awesome. And that uh, happened just right before. We like literally playing. a few days before. And in fact, he had gotten his, and you can see it over there, Kelsey, he'd gotten his drums signed by Bill Ward. Oh, that's amazing. And Bill Ward played a little bit on his kit. So <laughs> uh, the kind of funny thing about uh, Bill Ward's signing of Aaron's drums is that he signed it a year ahead of time. <laughs> exactly. Wait, what? So he, he signed it. I, I think he signed it. Uh, the signing occurred in 2014, but he signed it Bill Ward 2015. Oh. So we knew at that point it was an omen. You know, we had a year to get our act together. To, right. to, Those Black Sabbath guys have been through a lot. He probably got confused. <laughs> exactly. You know? Exactly. He probably thought it was 1915. You he know, can but, sign whatever year he wants. We'll exactly. Okay with it. That's but so the funny thing is we all had a mutual love of Black Sabbath. That was sort of a, a, a defining point for us. So it was just very you know, prophetic, if you will, that Bill Ward was the impetus for a band name. Yeah, so that's where the name came from. Mm -hmm. Okay, I was going to ask that. Um, yeah, I definitely hear you guys have those heavy grooves. Definitely the Black Sabbath influences there. Uh, what other music drew you together? Well, we, we have pretty diverse tastes. We, we bonded over, let's see, um, we bonded over like sort of early 80s, late 80s punk, you know, Minor Threat, Fugazi, uh, the Discord stuff, Black Flag, um, some even some earlier stuff like the proto-punk, uh, Lou Reed, the Stooges, that sort of thing. Uh, we all, uh, see, we've done a couple band trips to see bands. We went to see Sleep together, so oh. we went to see the Doom Masters you we went the, to see Black Sabbath. We went together. to see Black Sabbath mm -hmm. as well. Um, we're big fans of, I don't know, Unwound, Lungfish, uh, Prince. Yeah. Prince is a big one. Um, a pretty wide spectrum. It's hard to really nail down where we fit. I, I hear a lot of Lungfish too. Maybe not so much Prince, but maybe you can work that <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> I, I think we're all intimidated by his talent, yeah. but, the, but the inspiration is there. Yeah. You know, so. The mindset. Well, I mean, he's the master. So exactly. Like, you know. You guys are an instrumental band. Um, is that? Uh, are you thinking of getting a vocalist? Or are you happy with the, the the way it is? Well, I think we. I mean, we have a really good chemistry the way it is. I don't think we'd be opposed to getting a vocalist if we found somebody who was interested in in 
in working with us on it, I mean, the whole genesis of the instrumental was that we weren't able to find a vocalist and none of us felt comfortable enough to sing. There was that, and there was our conversation about hating banter at shows and hating <laughs> listening to bands talk to the crowd. Right, right. And so I thought, let's try something a little bit different, and let's commit to not talking to the crowd, which is not a commitment that we've kept. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It was, um, <laughs> but uh, something we we, we all stayed felt committed to the legacy of Bill on. Ward, but we have broken that. Right. You know. uh, so, well, um, I was going to say, like, it definitely doesn't sound like you're missing anything in terms of vocals, and I think it's really interesting how you guys put in those. Um, I guess those are recordings, like the spoken tracks. Where do those come from? Like, uh, America loves a winner. I wasn't familiar with that speech i guess so that is actually that is a speech that was given by general george Patton to the I troops oh. but that was actually taken from and this is probably a copyright issue but uh it was taken from the movie Patton, okay. like the recreation i forget who the actor was off the top of my head but um and so what aaron has a sampler and so he just uh loaded it to different banks on the sampler so that whoever was playing it could access those different pieces yeah and the one I can't hear you, did you like program a reader? Is that what that was? Aaron program. I can't talk. Aaron programmed that one. Yeah. So I, I think that's just some the generic. Stock Siri voice or something. Computer voice or something. Yeah. The way it comes out is pretty amazing, though. That's a fun song. I like it's that a fun one. song to play, too. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Are you able to play it live? Like, do you have a sampler that you can mm -hmm. go in the mm -hmm. PA? Okay. Yeah. We Although have I don't think we've ever played that one live, but it's. Uh... Yeah. No, no, we have. Oh, we have we? Okay, yeah. got it. So yeah, we have. I should remember that given this, the few number of shows that we've had, but you know, <laughs> so. So where have you guys played? Let's see. We've uh, played at the Crown. Twice, actually. Twice. We played at the Sidebar. Zissimo's Bar in Hamden. Yes, we did. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know they had shows there. They do, yeah. It's, it's I guess, a nice space early upstairs. in the week. Yeah, it's a really nice space, actually. Yeah. We, we've also played at Joe Squared. Wind-up space. And the wind-up space. I guess we played more shows than we remember. Yeah, like, and then we had a house show, too, in Charles oh, right. Village. Um, Very neat spot on Abel. Hippo Hut, it was called. Yeah. It is called. I don't know if... I think they're still doing... I think they've started promoting shows at bigger venues, so I don't know if they have as many shows at the house, but... Those house venues tend to come and go anyway, but mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so what has been your uh, favorite live experience so far out of those? Well, I think it's been, we've been really privileged to play with a diverse group of bands, which I think is really fun. Um, so, we, you know, I, I guess you could loosely call our genre mm. doom. Uh, not loosely. I mean, it's pretty I, I, wedded to the... I'm not a fan the, of genre. No, no, I'm not a genre, but I'm as just trying to... As it is Right, to but that. like, I mean, there's a post-punk thing. There's like... But, you know, the idea of playing with a bunch of bands that sounds like us is both intimidating because they're likely to be better and also because the the monolithic, you know, I mean, some people love that and they go to festivals that are all the same sounding, same, same genre. But we've been very lucky to play with um, a multitude of, I actually think that the one at the Hippo Hut was one I of was, my favorites. I was thinking the same thing. We played with a guy who was a solo harp player and he would sing and play the harp. I can't remember his name, but that was really fascinating. Yeah, it was really fascinating. He did originals, and he did he did like an Alice in Chains I, cover. I remember the Alice in Chains cover, which was and unexpected. And, and, and then we played with cover, a pop band, and there was another we band. We played, a, our first show was opening uh, for this, uh, a, a pretty renowned noise artist from Jeff Carey. Oh, yeah, um, I've seen him, actually. Yeah. We didn't actually open for him. We 
he opened for us in the sense of but luckily everyone stayed around which was really nice and it was really prestigious time <laughs> closing slot, slot. yeah 30 in the morning yeah you guys rock pretty hard but that you probably be pretty soothing after a <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly after that he's got the noisy. light show and yeah. the like it's overwhelming but in a good way was, yeah no it was neat it was it was like this almost seizure inducing experience yeah. that was you know well, that's wild. So we've had a, I mean, I think just playing live is really like, for me, so it's not to, to dominate here, but I, this is pr- the first band I've been in play live. So, you know, I'm pushing, I'm on the older end of the spectrum. So it's, it, to me, it still feels really neat. Like it's like a dream that I've always had, always thought about. And like now it's become a reality to actually play live. And so for me, it's always a blast. Just, just like, you know, I feel like I've achieved something that I always wanted to do. So. Awesome. Can I ask how old you are? Sure. Um, Forty-eight. Okay. So this is your first band. How how did you? Um, well, and you, and you told me how you guys got together, but what was it that made you think like it was a good time to start a band? Well, I think it was me <laughs> pushing forty-five, and I was like, look, you know, if you're going to do this, you know, I mean, you could have done it when you were eighteen, you yeah. could have done it when you were twenty-two, but you know, there's no reason not to try it, right? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, maybe maybe longer than others, having started playing later, and then also being held back by my own sense that I couldn't play. I finally was like, you know, screw it. Who cares, right? I mean, it's it, it, and and we had just sort of said like it'll be fun to play together. You know, it's like we're all parents. It's fun to get out for a night. It's fun to be creative. You know, so yeah, that's one thing that come up that's come up a lot on the show is like the social aspect of it. It's also just something fun to do with your friends. Right. Exactly. It's like. what you're saying yeah exactly like i think we first said like if nothing else it would be like a poker night like we get together once a week and have this bond and be able to do this um so this is your first band experience where you play live like is it kind of what you thought it would be um in terms of what you have to put into it sure i mean just to be fair keeps way more experienced than i am aaron as well so i just want to um you know that i'm the newbie in the group but um yeah i mean i think it was it was the the outlet that I thought it, every time we've played, it's been the outlet I expected it to be. Like I felt like I was, you know, when we same with when we practice together. It's like this this it's it's um, catharsis in some sense. You get to rock out. It's it's you know feel like you're doing something creative, which is fun. And even though we haven't played large audience far and wide, um, it's just fun to, to to be amongst people who at least at the moment are appreciating what you do. Yeah, and uh, Keith, so you have a little more experience. Um, have you been in a lot of bands before? Like, I wouldn't say I've been in a lot of bands, but I um, I was in a band a long time ago. It kind of hurts to think back to how long ago it was. Oh. <laughs> in the late 90s, I played in a band here in Baltimore called Daybreak with a bunch of people that have since gone on to do a lot of other interesting music things. Uh, the singer is a guy named Tony Pence, and he owns Celebrated Summer Records, oh, and nice. he's done a lot of other neat bands. Um, our guitar players in a band called Pig Destroyer that's world famous. Uh, one of the guys was in a couple of very large uh, indie bands like Cross My Heart. Um, and so those guys all went and did a lot of records and I kind of didn't. Um, so well, I, you had other things going on. I, mean, I had other a- things going on too. But uh, So it, that was a very different experience in that I was a lot younger. Uh, we had more shows than we knew what to do with. It was just a different time, different style of music, but uh, I don't know. It's been nice to come back and play out again and play live and subject people to what we think sounds good. <laughs> um, I think when, when I was younger, things were really different in that. Uh, 
I didn't have kids. I didn't have a demanding job. And we were sort of looped into what was going around. And it was easier to be connected to everything. Sure. And now that we're a lot older and, you know, we have our time to do this. But I, I just feel like an elder. Uh, no, I don't want to say that. Um, a little disconnected. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, how has the scene changed since you were involved back in the 90s? And I'm back? barely in it. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it. Uh, I, I bet if you were to take somebody now who's very embedded in the scene and, and pull them aside in 20 years and ask them how things have changed, they'd probably come up with the same answer. But in the 90s, it felt like a big family. There weren't many places to play. There, It seemed like there weren't as many bands. Uh, and we all knew each other, and it felt very friendly and... Um, I don't know. I'm not as connected to things now, but I bet everybody who's in it feels that way too. Baltimore's a great place to live and a great place to be creative and uh, really felt that then. And I see younger people doing it now and it's kind of cool, but I, uh, I I kind of view it a little bit as an outsider. Sure. And do you think that's just, you know, you're older, have a family, is it, is it that or something else? I think it's just being older, having sure. a family and... You know, it, it hurts me to stay out past 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> right. Whereas that's when things used to really just get started. Get started, yeah. So. You were on New York time before. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have kids and I kind of feel that way. So I Right, totally I mean, this was even pre-kids, right, for us. Yeah. I have to say just that, so Daybreak did a reunion. I had never gotten to see them in their heyday because I wasn't in Baltimore at the time. Um, what was it, 2000-something, seven or something like that? It was 2011, I think. Yeah, and I got to witness the power of Daybreak, and mm-hmm. it was awesome. So don't let them sell it <laughs> short. You, it was amazing. So, Yeah, I have to apologize. I'm not familiar, but I, I wasn't really... I was listening to probably like uh, Paul Abdul in the 90s. I was, <laughs> right. I was still young. Are you from the area, Kelsey? Or like? uh, yeah, I'm from the... Well, the suburbs. Suburbs, I'm, right. I'm from mm-hmm. like Hanover, okay. by mm-hmm. the, where the airport is. It's so, funny you mentioned that. Used. We were actually a Paula Abdul cover band. That's right, exactly. <laughs> that's a, until Bill Ward signed a drum set <laughs> and, and changed, changed the course of things. If Paula Abdul over. signed it, it would be a different story. Scratched yeah. out the Paula Abdul. <laughs> exactly. <Abdul thing. laughs> this, this drum set is only good for one signature. You know, so. Well, you know, it's kind of funny. I've never really thought about this, but Daybreak was kind of the antithesis of the Ward. Daybreak songs were rarely a minute long. They were usually shorter. Uh, our sets were anywhere between 8 to 12 minutes. Wow. And and the ward, I think we like to take our time. We like to take our time. That's right. Like uh, getting that sort of lungfishy trance mode. Mm. Yeah. But we sort of, I guess the one thing we try and do since, you know, in the in the genre, if you will, stone or rock, or, which I'm not saying we're part of, but like sometimes those songs go on for like 28 minutes, you know, and, and we try and, what we try and do is recognize a good riff and ride it for a little while, but <laughs> realize that most people don't, including us, don't have that attention span. <laughs> so... Well, is that how you write songs? Uh, do you work on a groove, work on a riff until it becomes something? Or what's the process? There are a lot of different ways. Sometimes we're just noodling in here and someone comes up with a good idea and we write it out until it becomes a real song. And other times, John's very prolific and he'll bring things from home that he's thought of. I rarely get to pick up a guitar unless I'm in this room, so I don't, I don't do that quite as often. Yeah, a lot of it is organic, though. Like, you know, even if I come with an idea, it's sort of like that'll be a starting point, And then these guys will say, hey, how about let's move this over here? Let's slow this down. But I think it's it's nice because we're all on a similar wavelength in mm-hmm. terms of uh, what we like and what, you know. And so it, it's a pretty fast creative process, which is nice. Yeah, it's uh, kind of interesting how you guys met that you all happen to have the same taste. That was kind of a nice uh, coincidence, huh? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So what did you learn about, uh, what did you learn when you were in Daybreak that you brought to the ward, anything? That's a great question. That's a good question. Um, there are a lot of little things. I, I, I don't know if there's any one big message uh, that really guides how I operate. <laughs> I think Kiev has kept us grounded in the sense that, like, you know, when, when we put together a show, even if they say, well, you'll have up to 40 minutes to play, Kiev's very, and smartly so, is like, let's not play for more than 25 minutes, you know? Mm -hmm. And I know that may not be a, a holdover from the Daybreak days, but that's just some perspective on... on well, that's, that's insightful. I... Um I think by being in Daybreak, doing little teeny tiny tours and playing a fair amount of shows, I learned through observing other bands kind of what I really don't like to see. Mm. And I think it's pushed me to push us to avoid certain pitfalls that uh, I find really irritating when I see live music. And I'd like to think that we've avoided many of them. We so, probably created a whole new set actually, but <laughs> right, <laughs> but right. yeah, no, that, that's a, that's a good question. Well, what are some of those don'ts that that, that new band should know about? Uh, the banter thing is big. The um, I think having um, a set that feels cohesive, where the songs kind of weave in and out of each other without like a lot of stopping and tuning and irritating the hell out of everyone in the process, and nothing all that great but just you know things to make it a little bit more enjoyable not playing too many songs not playing too long you know even though our songs are longer i i, I don't think you'll ever find us asking to play for longer than 25 minutes keep it short yeah until we headline some big festival right and, then and people just demand it but you know yeah yeah you have two encores <laughs> that's right exactly <laughs> um so john is there anything that surprised you when you started playing with this band in terms of things you didn't expect when it came to being a musician well you know i, I guess it you know for me kelsey it was a really a validating and a, and, a, and a beautiful learning experience in the sense that like even though i noodled around forever so to speak on my own you know i never felt like i could actually you know, I never felt like I could play well enough to be in a band. And while I certainly don't want to oversell my skills because they're they're still amateurs, I mean, playing with two people who are thinking along the same wavelength has been really enlightening. You know, it pushes me to, like, get better at, at the instruments, pushes me to think about stuff uh, outside of my own vacuum. And uh, I guess I going into it, I was a little worried that I would be the rate limiting factor and it might be frustrating for me and everyone involved but it's been such a nice experience i mean it's just you know it's it's really been a growing experience and i guess it's nice to know that even at this advanced age you can continue to have learning and growing experiences you know oh yeah no that's positive and i think encouraging for anyone who you know has felt for a while that they couldn't right exactly like yeah and, yeah there is no rate limiting factor in our band. I think we all suck <laughs> the same. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, but um, you guys do switch instruments. Um, that's not something that I've done much in the bands I've played with. So um, talk to me about that. How do you decide who's going to play what? It's kind of, I hate saying this. It's organic. I, you know, <laughs> I, Pesticide free, right? John, right, right. Um, John will be at home and I think he'll, you know, want to write a song on the guitar and he'll come in and say, Hey, let me show you this riff. And it just evolves that John's going to play. So I give the bass to Keeve and then he starts working something out. Or I'll feel like, Hey, I'm tired of playing guitar. I want to play drums tonight. And so I'll sit on the drums and try and, you know, cobble together a beat 
and then we'll work from instruments that. Yeah. will be swapped and we'll come up with something that we kind of like and you know usually this is like every band the first iteration sounds nothing like the finished product but sure. but we find a way to make it work i think it keeps it interesting for us to to swap and you know i'd never played drums before i was in this band i i had a kid at home and i, I would i would really try but i, I had the uh you know the endurance of of someone who really couldn't do it and just being with these guys gave me a chance to try it with real people and now i feel like i can keep a beat so it's nice and keeps it mixes things up to to have different people playing the instruments i think and i would just add to that like it just when you were talking about what have you learned from this process like that was an eye-opener it's like oh yeah well i started out playing bass but like everyone's cool with you know that you shouldn't limit yourself to whatever and I, I guess it kind of keeps you on your toes too. Right. Like just, Ex right. Exactly. You have to like sort of the whole tactile experience is different. You have to, you know. But you primarily play bass? Primarily play bass. That's and correct. You primarily play guitar? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and uh, And Aaron primarily plays drums. I'm, I'm just trying to think of the recording that you're familiar with. I think. Uh, I think on the, that particular set of songs, I play guitar on three of them. Uh, Key plays guitar on the rest, and one of the ones that I play guitar on, Aaron plays bass on. So, so those three, those two are represented on all three instruments. I'm on the two. Okay, cool, cool. And um, so the songs that you have up on Big Camp were they like home recordings? Were they recorded here, or did you guys go to a studio? Uh, we have a friend named Tunnage, and he has a studio in Suibo, and we went there and recorded with him. And, uh, and then sent it off and had it mastered. And Tonnage is another guy. He's played in bands around town, but I, he does recording on the side. He has another job. And so he's been an you know, old friend of ours, and we all would kind of get together very infrequently and you know, do a piece of the recording and then do a piece of the mixing. And it took a while, but uh, well, we're happy with how it came out. Yeah, it sounds good. Do you guys have plans for like a, a record in the future? I, I think we do. Yeah. Um, I think we've been writing new things since then. And we're I think we're just coming up with, with what it is that we'd want to put out. I think we'd like to get another couple of shows under our belt before we do that. Try out some of the material and you know see how it goes over and see how it works out in a live setting. But yeah, I think, I mean... I'd love to do that. I just, I, you know, we're old guys and physical media is something that we all value and treasure a lot. But I, I don't know, do people... I, I, I think we could press a record and I, I have big doubts about people buying it. So I, I'm kind of just as happy to give our stuff away, although it would be nice to do another you know EP or something online. I mean, if we're all demand, fans of vinyl, so the idea yeah. of putting out something on vinyl is still really exciting. But yeah, I think he's nailed it. And we might make five copies for each other and the two people who might want one. You know. Yeah, I mean, we've been surprised. People will find our stuff online and we'll hear about it and, and they say nice things. So that is Oh, yeah, I don't mean to downplay or sell ourselves short. It's just that, you know, these days, it's, it's uh, as you know, it's, it's, you know, putting out a record is inexpensive. I mean, all the pressing plants are overbooked. There's not many left and, you know, you're stuck with the inventory, but it would be fun. Yeah. But I think, I mean, I, I think for, for where we are today, I mean, we're certainly not, have no illusions of making any money off the music by any means and it's just fun to put it out there yeah so apart from that what other goals would you have for the band are there um particular venues you might want to play bands you want to play with any future trips? i think we'd it would be fun if we could play a show in dc maybe philadelphia you know something i mean we can't obviously this point tour easily but anyway not that they're you know but but it'd be fun to play outside of Baltimore mm -hmm. I mean 
certainly we've played with a lot of Baltimore bands that are fun. It'd be fun to hook up with some bands from other cities. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I saw the priests, or is it the priests or priests? I don't know. The other night, uh, obviously, they're at, on a different level than us. But I thought, wow, it would have been fun to play this show, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're out there, priests, and somebody cancels, please holler at us. Um, you know, um, who else would we like to play with? I'd love to play with Bardo Pond. I think that, that would be amazing. Yeah, too. exactly. If they would ever leave Philadelphia and play a show, right? Or we could go to Philadelphia and play That's with true. them. Or if Bastard Noise comes back to right. Maryland. Um, yeah, but I. I like playing with friends bands. It's sure. like a chance to get out. It's like a, a, a big, yeah, it's like, bigger poker night than the regular band. <laughs> right, exactly. Like an extended poker night. So I, I'd be totally happy to do that. High stakes poker night. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Like a bigger buy-in, right? So why do you guys play music? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. I mean, I, I'd say because we have to, but obviously there were many years where I wasn't. But um, I think the reason I play music is both the social aspect being with these guys. I really like both of them enjoy being with them. I mean, I've known key forever always. Um, but also the creative aspect. I mean, I feel that even if nobody else likes it, I mean, that's not the goal. It's nice if people like it, but the, the, actually committing to a project and, and, and making it happen is a really, neat thing and I know that sounds kind of vapid but it's it's you know actually I mean to me having that recording like even if nobody listens to it just feels like I've done something that I've always wanted to do I've always loved music I've always loved listening to music and I always thought it was beyond what I could do and that sort of has changed my thought on that you know it's a it's an outlet that I feel like I I need to I need some way to express myself for me not for any other reason and i feel like yeah. this is this is sort of what feels right i know that sounds really silly but um i don't know i i need to be doing this it for my own mental health and uh i don't know th- i i feel like playing music allows me to be creative in the way that i'd like to in a way that i can't as a dad or a husband or a researcher or all the other hats that i wear this is this is sort of what feels right and this is a piece of my life that would be sadly missed if, if I wasn't doing something like this. So, Yeah, now that I've been doing it, I can say I have to do it because if I wasn't doing it, it would be a huge void. Did I just call myself a wife? Did I say Did you call yourself a husband? I feel I like I call, as a dad and a wife, I, 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 you know, thinking back through that statement. I, I, you have a family, you fit in there somewhere, right? You know, whatever I do, whatever I do, yeah. It's, you know, gender's a fluid concept. So, That's right, you know. exactly. Yeah. It is, yeah. But uh, so you're a researcher, is that right? Yep. Uh, tell me about that. Like, what, what do you do? Uh, I study the food system and I uh, and environmental health. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like music kind of complements the work you do, or is it more of like a break from your your job? Mm-hmm. Both. 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 I I've always felt like music is a great way to connect with other people, even if they don't like the same music. It's something that everyone, uh, most people have some sort of interest in, even if they don't like the same music that I do or vice versa. It's something to talk about and it's a way to break the ice when, you know, in the context of, say, making connections in the research world, it's a way to chat with someone I have otherwise no information about. Mm. And uh, and so in that sense, it's valuable. I also think having a creative outlet other than coming up with research ideas or teaching or any of those sorts of things um, 
is therapeutic and and mentally prepares me for my day on the job. Sure, sure. And how about you? So I, I'm in a similar boat as Keith. We both actually work at the, how we met was we both work at the same place. Um, oh, really? And uh, so I teach. Uh, we both work at the School of Public Health at Hopkins, and I teach and do research as well. And I teach a subject that, you know, isn't instantly embraced by people. I teach statistics. So, oh, you know, I feel that, like, you know, one of my goals as a teacher is to go in and, and change the dialogue and, and make people appreciate and, uh, the need for statistics and also win them over in some sense, you know, something I really, uh, because it's not something that most people put on their list of looking no, forward that to, was, right? that so, was my only class I've ever taken that I was in danger of failing Right, exactly, exactly. You know, and, and I hear you that a lot. You should have taken John's yeah. class. Yeah. <laughs> John's right. very successful at winning them over. But, um, but, but I also, like, I mean, but I, I feel that I have, you know, there, there are some links to, like, trying to be creative in music and trying to be creative in teaching like you know ultimately again I do, I do the music for me but it is still nice to think about making just as I would want to put together a, a curriculum that is cohesive and interesting and hopefully has some fun aspects to it but is also challenging you know I, I guess that's probably the way I think about music you know and 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 in that I want it to be challenging to me as well and so teaching challenging creative exciting and, and i feel like playing music is the same taps into a similar thing but the but the uh, means to an end is very different we actually did something a little different so john had been teaching for a long time before you started playing music live that's right anyone and i had the opposite experience and i i really don't think i would have been able to start teaching without having played music in front of people first because there are a lot of similarities some parallels yeah i mean you know because when you're playing a show in front of people they don't have to stay there. They no. can leave. They can get bored and think you suck and, and tune out. And it's kind of the same thing with students. If you right. don't make the material engaging and interesting, they may have a harder time walking out, but they're not going to learn. But they don't they have a harder time disengaging. Yeah. So anything. And so they feel really similar to me. I kind of get in the same mindset before playing a show that I do before going up and teaching. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. And I think we would all agree if you were saying, like, how do we approach playing a show? It's, it's obviously not that, you know, somebody has to like our music or we're going to win everyone over. But I think we all feel that, like, when we go in, we have to deliver something, you know, like, like this is our expression and we want to put that across. And so people can go stand in the back and look at their phones or leave, whatever. But when we walk away, we want to feel like, like whatever we did, it was we were at the top of our game, you know. Sure. And that's the way teaching is, I think. Yeah. You know, like you walk out of there like, like I hope I, you know, I feel spent in a good way. Like I've just, you know. You at least did your end of the bargain. You know? Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so what do, you, what do you want people to get out of a show? Well, I want to, I, I wanted to be, you know, like what I'd love them to get out of is like, I mean, when my, the best shows I've been to are sort of, um, I mean, uh, you get, as an audience member, you get into a zone, you're sort of, connected with the band you're connected with the people around you i mean there's a reason people go to the shows and don't just listen to recordings at home there's a camaraderie with the audience everybody's excited um certainly for things where everybody knows that they can sing along or whatever but but i hope that you know obviously our music's not that well known but i hope that when people come that they they have you know some sort of experience um, that's positive, preferably, you know, with themselves and with the people around them. Like that, you know, they may not know who we are, but they appreciate what we're doing. Uh, that would be the ultimate if they could, you know, bond with the people around them and say, hey, we just witnessed this award show, you know, and it was a good 20 minutes well spent. I kind of have a selfish approach to what 
people should get out of it. And then I, I kind of don't care. I just want to hold up our end of the bargain. Fair enough. Fair and, enough. Yeah. Well, no, it's we can all have a different perspective sure. on mm-hmm. it. I, I kind of want to feel like we did a good job. And if we did, and they liked it, that's great. And if we did and they weren't interested, that's okay too. Oh, it's, I'm fine with that. But if yeah. if I was to like write out what the ultimate audience experience would be at award show, that's what I was. Yeah, thinking. yeah. and I'm 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 on board with that. Uh, is there anything I've asked you that you want to bring up that I haven't that we haven't talked about yet? Hmm. Oh, you're very comprehensive. I, I give you props. <laughs> yeah. um, Usually, true. I like to do a little more research, but I didn't. Uh, I we don't have a ton of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not a. a um, it's hard to search on the ward. You know, it's, it's yeah. there's a lot of other things that come up. We're not the number one hit. So uh, there are other the wards too. Did but, we find a couple other ones? Yes, there's a yes, exactly. So we are currently, you know, who knows if this will ever come to some sort of a well, clear, situation where one of us has to change our name. But there's a a pop punk band from Toronto called the Ward. Yes, that's true. That's true. Send them a cease and desist immediately. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Like we should get on that. You know, so. every band I've been in has had many other bands with the same right i mean it's really hard to come up with some original but of course other people paved the way for that like it could be the ward us the ward junior you know but our, so ours we, is based on bill ward i, I mean like yeah exactly like that. i mean i mean we could have him in her yeah, i mean if bill ward intercedes i think it's in our favor right yeah actually I, i'm guessing that you guys probably have the easiest time picking a name it was kind of ordained yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. That, that that really was it. It was sort of that first time we got together. It's like we have no choice. We have to call our something with war in the name. It was handed up from hell. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. In the future, no less. That's right. That's so, right. <laughs> so. Well, uh, I always end by asking what advice you would give people. You have a lot of experience. You're kind of newer to this. What advice would you have for younger bands starting up now? For younger bands? Um do you want to go first? Well, I would, you know, I would give the advice that was given to me years and years and years, and I didn't heed. Is just if you want to play music, just do it. Find people to play with. Figure out where you're going to play. Just do it. Don't don't hold yourself back because of perceived, um, you know, deficiencies in your playing, or that people won't like it, or that you can't do this. Just do it. And I, I know that sounds. I mean, that's supposed to be coming from a 22 year old, not a 48 year old. But you know, it's never too late to learn that. So. a bunch of cliched things to say that i, I mean, I'm, yeah, I, mean. I, I guess be persistence an important one i think a lot of people when they start they're intimidated because it's hard to get shows or it's hard to succeed and i i think you know a lot of people get into it don't really expect to succeed or make it big anyway but just be persistent uh play what you like don't try and ape a different style because you think it's going to get you more shows because I, I would imagine that ultimately ends up being really unsatisfying. You know, in my own experience and the experience of people that are close to me, the, the people who've done the best and are the happiest have uh, just sort of drawn upon their own creativity and usually done something very different that doesn't fit the mold at all. But I think that's the most rewarding territory to traverse. And don't worry about being cool. Clearly, we're. I mean, this is coming from a you know a middle aged statistician, you know, with two kids. Like the bar is low if you're looking at me. You know, you like don't worry about that. Yeah. You know? No matter what you do, your kids are always going to think you're lame. Exactly. Exactly. Like you know. So. Oh, that's something we should talk about. Um, so, uh, talk talk to me about being a musician with with a family. Um, how do you balance the time and all that stuff? So, in my experience, um, my wife is also well. 
I don't like to call myself a musician. My wife is a musician, and uh, she she and I actually played in a band together very briefly too. Um, she played in surf bands, so she uh, she understands the importance of playing music and and how critical it is for someone like me to make sure to carve out time from work and family to do this sort of thing. So she's very supportive, which is great. And uh, because we're both so musical, our our kids have picked up some of that too. My, oh, neat. my oldest son plays guitar and really likes heavy metal. And uh, so, you know, despite me being very lame, I, I think he takes some pride in, um, in seeing dad do this stuff. So he, uh, he plays in a, a, he takes music lessons and plays in a band and, his band had a show at the auto bar. <laughs> exactly. We could only dream, but uh, yeah. And, and the really exciting and rewarding thing for me as a, as a dad is um, when he played in the auto bar, I was able to walk him over to the wall and point to two posters there that had my old band on it. Um, so cool. And he was, awesome. he, he thought that was pretty cool. And it made me feel like a cool dad for a minute. <laughs> and he crushed it by the way. I was at that show and yeah. it was amazing. So yeah, I did a little solo and everything. So, it, you know, it's nice to, have something like this to share with your kids. You know, my other son is less interested in this, so it, I don't think it's exciting for him. But, you know, if you have a kid who just happens to get jazzed by this stuff, it really means a lot to share your hobby and, and passion with him. Yeah. What's your son's band? Uh, oh, well, he plays at the School of Rock, so it's not like oh, he has a School named band. Cool, cool. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, I interviewed uh, Legends of Etc., and they kind of They were, grew out of the so, School of yeah. Rock, right? Yeah, that's yeah, a like great they success. they knew each other, but then they did do the, the School of Rock. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Yeah, that's they're very impressive. I mean, they're all like, what, 18 years old now? Yeah, and like, there's like seasoned. Talented yeah, very t- Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's such a touching story about your son at the auto bar. That's so cool. Um, do you, uh, did you teach him when he was just getting started? I... I'm really impatient, actually, so I'm not the best teacher. <laughs> but I think, you know, to the extent that... But you're a teacher, that though. That's funny. I am. I am. It's a so different with your not own a, family, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, my my skills on the guitar, I, I feel so self-conscious about. I don't feel like I'd be teaching my son very much. But um, what was I saying? Uh, I, I, I taught by playing in front of him. And my wife taught by playing in front of him. And I think he saw how much I enjoyed it. And we have instruments around the house. And we had a whole band set up for a while. And he got to see what it's like. And I think seeing it and feeling like, hey, maybe I could do that one day. And maybe I can take these songs that I'm really excited about and play them. I I think it just fascinated him. And he's been stuck to it ever since. I mean, right now, he would love to be able to learn music from certain video games he likes to play. <laughs> right. But I, I don't care what the music is. I don't care if I like it or not. I, I just want him to do something uh, that's going to let him sort of express his creativity when he's a little older. That seems to be a big thing, like video game uh, concerts or whatever. So Yeah, maybe yeah we saw somebody is... at Artscape that they were just <laughs> doing all video game theme songs. It was really cool, actually. Oh, like Video I mean, game music is pretty Oh, it's pretty good stuff, yeah. Yeah. The guy from Mastodon, have you heard that band? It's like, I forget what they're called, like 8-Bit or something like that. And it's all like done in the style of video game music. Oh, I haven't heard that. I know there was the band, the Mini Bosses, that would take, you know, Nintendo games and play like full versions. Full versions of songs, yeah. It's pretty cool. And um, what is your wife, is is your wife in a group or is she? She is not now, Um, but she played in a band called El Patapsco. And they did. They put out a couple of CDs, and then I think those guys went on and are in a band now called the Vickers. When she got pregnant with my son, we 
she uh, she took some time Step off. Out of that. Sure, yeah. sure. And uh, yeah, uh, same same question to you, John. How do you balance you know fatherhood and? Well, so I have a very supportive spouse. I have to give a shout out to Ronnie, um, who who I think appreciates that everybody's life is better if I get this outlet, you know? So, um, and certainly we trade off and I let her do her thing as well. Um, she's, she's not a musician, but she appreciates music and appreciates, um, you know, me pursuing something that's of interest And my kids, you know, my older son is playing guitar. He's been playing guitar for a couple of years. I maybe showed him his first E chord, but, uh, as Keith said, it's much better to have somebody else teach. And we bond over some things that we share in common musically. And then of course, as kids are want to do, he's in a whole territory that I am trying to appreciate, but don't <laughs> love yet, you know, but um, uh, my younger son is more of an athlete, strangely enough, um, given his genetics, but he, uh, he just uh, finds it nice to have one more thing to make fun of me about. So, yeah. <laughs> so, but, but I think in all seriousness, like they, they appreciate the fact that they're, you know, I, I, I felt like, you know, and this sounds really corny, but I felt like by doing this, even if they didn't appreciate the music or what I was doing, just by doing it, like that was, an, it was like showing your kids that like you can still take risks or, you know, and that sounds really corny, but I think there was a part of that, like, you know, I'm going to put myself out there and yeah, and you don't have to wait as long as I did to do that, you know, for, I mean, I've done it in other situations, but you know, and I think, and I think they know and you know, and they like when I'm at band night, we don't have to eat a family dinner. So, so <laughs> short term gains are good for them. But uh, I would like to think that, you know, my kids look and will look back one day and say, like, hey, my dad did something kind of cool and different. Not everybody's dad does that. I know my dad didn't play in a band. He did other things that I appreciated. Right. That was not one of them. And I don't know. I, I, I know how I, I know the things that my father's really excited about. And I'm not really that interested in those things. Sure. And but you, know, you appreciate yeah. that he's excited about them, I do. And like that he I, has an interests. Yeah, there's that. But I also think like if there's any chance in the world that my kids will grow up and be super interested in something that I'm interested in, like that's just such a, a dream of mine. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, I'm hopeful that this interest persists. Yeah, it sounds like you're on track. Now, have your kids seen you play? I don't know how old they are. So we've tried. Uh, most of the venues we played won't allow kids, you okay. know, because they're bars. Yeah. Um, or we play at 1.30. Exactly. Right. We play at 1.30 in the morning. So our spouses have seen us, and they haven't divorced us. So, you know, so I <laughs> yeah. guess that's, yeah. Well, they yeah. sound like they're supportive. They are very supportive, yeah. So. I always threaten to show up at my kids' school, like, you know, or the, you know, the fundraising fair they have at the school. I'm like, you yeah, know, we could play. And, you know, so, but uh, I like to have that to hold over them. When, you, know. you could be like busking for the fundraiser. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Well, thanks so much. I really appreciate you taking the time thank to talk you. to me. This was a blast. Yeah, thank you so much for, for coming out. I appreciate us. it, Kelsey.